0: Hello, I'm Shirley Ballas and welcome to Rewirement, the retirement podcast from Legal & General. In this six part series, I'll be exploring what it means to retire in today's world. The golden years retirement of old has given way to the new colorful retirement, an opportunity to reset, reinvent and rewire. From how you can make the most of it and have the lifestyle you dream of, adapt to change on your own or with a partner or even how you might continue doing the work you love at a pace that suits we've got you covered thanks to my expert guests i'll be gathering suggestions to take away the worry and make sure you feel confident comfortable and in control of your finances after you've quit the day job Across the next few episodes, we'll be shaking off our taboos and getting personal as we meet colourful rewirees and would be rewirees to talk about the issues, questions, and concerns that
1: everyone faces. I would like to retire and do all those things I want to do. I think it's so
0: important for people to open up and talk about money as well as getting our young people to take an interest in their pensions, whatever they can set aside, because it comes round in a flash. And with a little bit of planning, life after 60 can be the most colourful.
2: You've just got to grab hold of it with both hands and get on.
0: So if you lend me your ear for a little while, I'll do my very best to help you with planning for your future so you can look forward to the retirement of your dreams. Before we start talking about the ins and outs of enjoying your retirement, we're going to look at how the way you plan to spend your time is as important as your pension pot in making decisions about when and how you'd like to transition to retirement. Later on, I'll be joined by Chris Knight from Legal & General, as well as Dr. Alison Smith from the Royal Voluntary Service, for their advice and ideas on planning your new beginning. But before we do that, I want to introduce you to some of the stars of our show. I got together with two groups of brilliantly chatty, talented and very inspiring people to talk about where they're at in their retirement journey. First
1: up, meet Tracy, Colin and John. I'm Tracy, I live in Hove originally from Wales I've been down in Brighton and Ho for 30 years I am a teacher well I was a teacher and I work for West Sussex County Council in the education department I have got two children who are 12 and 15 and I lived with my partner Simon
3: My name's Colin I'm from Worthing I'm a self-employed IT consultant probably six, seven years away from retiring. I've got two grown-up children, both of whom are now independent and in jobs. Well, my daughter was. She just had a grandchild 11 months ago, our first grandchild. Yeah, and a Sussex born and bred. Virtually lived in Sussex all my life, apart from about two years
4: living in London in my early career. I'm John. I've been retired about three years. I worked in the Lloyd's Insurance Market in London. I am married with two grown-up children.
0: I started by asking my new friends how they felt about approaching retirement. Colin was first to share his
3: thoughts. Not really prepared for it. Um, pretty excited about it if we can live a decent retirement, you know, be healthy, have enough money to do the things we would like to do. Uh, it's a new opportunity. I I would see that, you know, I would do quite a bit of volunteering. We've got a a ninth share in a what's called a syndicate boat already, and that moves around the country every couple of years. From it uh, moves to a different base, so we get four or five weeks on it a year if we wanted it. And the plan ultimately is to sell our shares and money permitting and around about the time of retirement or semi-retirement to maybe buy a boat, cruise the network during the decent weather for three or four years, do as much of it as we can.
0: John is already enjoying his retirement. I asked him if the move was what he had expected.
4: Well, that's a very interesting question, Shirley, because I wasn't quite sure how I would react to retirement. Some people I know have found it very difficult that they felt that uh, they're no longer of use to society because they're not working. I have to admit, I didn't find that at all. I was starting to find as I approached retirement that I wasn't quite as enthusiastic about what I was, I was doing anymore. I was getting to 60-odd, and I was very pleased to retire in the end, and I haven't felt worthless at all. I've been very happy.
1: Alright, we asked the same question to Tracy. Well, I'm looking forward to my retirement, but I've got to tell you, Shirley, I'm only turning 50 next year, so it's still feeling as though it is quite a long way off. I think it's exciting to be retired. One of the things about my life, I have a lovely life at the moment, but I feel as though I'm living in time poverty. I haven't got much time to do the things I want to do, and I feel that I would like to retire, and do all those things I want to do you know so things that perhaps don't cost that much money either but one of the things I am very unsure about is when I can retire because my background is teaching I've got a teacher's pension I ducked out of teaching for a little while and I work for a different company doing training so I've got a little pension pot with them It's all over the place, Shirley. I don't don't know when I'll be able to retire, but I feel like now, listening to my colleagues here this evening, I've got a chance to put things in place, and that's what I'll need to do. My ideal would be to retire early 60s and just enjoy my time when I, hopefully, am very fit, full of, you know, still got my energy to do the things that I want to do. One of the main things that I'd like to do is to travel around the coast of Wales in a camper van. Love that idea.
0: Our second group featured David and Marcus, who both spend their free time at a London-based choir.
2: So I'm David. I am 60 in a few months' time. I am already retired and have been for over five years. I've spent quite a lot of time in the past five years trying to get to grips with pension related issues. Uh, We don't have any children and we have a couple of cats who as far as I know are blissfully unaware of pension issues.
5: My name's Marcus, Uh, I just turned 50 last month so I'm still recovering from that shock. I'm still very much in my working career, I think I probably have another 10 to 15 years work left. I'm an Australian, as you can probably hear from my voice. Settled here about 15 years ago, and due course became a dual citizen. My wife is Croatian. She arrived here at the same time as I did, 15 years ago. We have three children. I have a stepdaughter who's 28 years old,
0: and I have twin boys aged 21. Dave took early retirement after a career in financial services.
2: Although we have not, uh, since I retired, travelled as much as I had anticipated, that was obviously very much part of the uh, agenda. But you know, just the the glory of being able to go and watch a film at lunchtimes on a Monday, you know, and things like that, and obviously singing, which uh, is something that uh, both of us do. It's very much. Uh, enhanced you know, that I joined a second choir, and so you know I've been able to do all these things. So uh, you know, life is, is easily filled, i found, and I know everybody says it, but it really is true, how on earth I ever found the time to get into the office for seven and work till six in the evening, I have no idea.
0: Marcus runs his own business with two other partners. I asked him if retirement was in his sights at 50. I
5: see retirement as a gradual process, a kind of a tapering off rather than an end. I'm fortunate that I'm in the kind of business where my work is, is project work, basically. It's consulting assignments. I think as I approach retirement, I'll just get increasingly picky about what I take on. So it's perfectly possible to slip into a role where you're doing I don't know, 40 or 50 days of work a year on a project you think are interesting and worthwhile, get a little top-up income and keep the grey cells ticking over, as it were. So I don't see retirement as being any kind of a a sudden end, more more a sort of a gradual progression.
0: David's retirement wasn't the gentle progression he might have preferred. He told me about his experience and the realities of cutting down on hours.
2: It wasn't uh, gentle uh, and I mean I was ill so I was forced to stop work and so the only thing that was gentle about it is that because they hadn't found a replacement I ended up working an extra month on a half day basis so uh, that was actually quite nice but uh, no it was a, a fairly uh, enormous gap from a full on very busy job to you know, not not working at all. Well, I think a lot of people, and I've spoken to friends who are saying, you know, I quite like doing my job, and I enjoy doing what I did, so that wasn't an issue of finding ways of doing it, as Marcus has talked about, on you know, some more picky basis, but it's simply not practical for most employment situations, and I know of someone who, you know, went on a, you know, people who go on to sort of three-day-a-week arrangements quite often end up Packing in sort of five days' worth of work into a shorter period, or things that are actually important, them not really being involved in when they're out of the office, and uh, and therefore feeling a little bit sort of uh, out of the loop on uh, a lot of issues. So it's tricky to try and achieve that. so I think in a lot of cases people end up, you know, stopping suddenly. And I mean, I might have stopped in another year, but I think if you're stable in a job and quite enjoying what you're doing, it's quite hard to choose a point and say, right, you know, this, this is the right time to, to go. And that most people that I know who have recently retired, you know, there's been some specific trigger.
0: From a busy job to hours of extra time on your hands, David explained how he kept up the pace at the start of his retirement.
2: I pretty much went into projects straight away, the first of which was to repaint the house from top to bottom. I I wrote a book, so that took up a a fair amount of time. I would say now, five years on, that I've kind of reached the, the end of that. Um, you know, sort of ideas that I had in my head, so actually now considering other new things, and particularly getting maybe involved in the mentoring world or something like that as a a chance to give something back. So, you know, I've had quite a lot of me time in the past five years, but like to do something a bit more constructive. You know, and I would say the singing aspect, which uh, is uh, what unites us here, was very important because actually that was the one thing that was, aside from having language students in our house, it was the one thing that was a continuity from before to after that this Monday nights was rehearsal night the week before I stopped work and, and the week after. That was really helpful to have that because I think for some it can be tricky to find new things to do and I'd met a friend recently who lives on his own and he's clearly struggled more than, than I have in terms of finding useful things to do with his life. I think it's partly when you've and reasonably well out of doing things that is not of great value to mankind you know there are a lot of things that don't work that well in society and and it would be a worthwhile thing to do and and i would say more than worthwhile i think a necessary thing to to try and give people some benefit of experience or to, to just do something practical that is a benefit to others so proof is in actually going out and doing it
0: Thanks to our fantastic guests for getting together and sharing their stories and perspectives. We'll be getting to know them a lot better over the next few episodes and meeting a few new friends too. To talk in depth about the questions that came out of our chat, I'm joined now by Chris Knight, the CEO of Legal & General Retail Retirement, and Dr. Alison Smith, the Head of Research & Insight, royal voluntary service thank you both for joining me hi shirley chris how has retirement changed
6: well shirley look people used to kind of think of their lives in three blocks if you like first one was you know being at school and the second one was working full time full full pelt if you like for for perhaps one or two employers and then there was a moment, a magic moment, when you kind of got a carriage clock, uh, you shook hands with your employer, and then you were retired. And, and that was kind of it. You uh, perhaps had a pension or two pensions, you had a the government pension and your employer pension, you perhaps felt quite well looked after, you know, owned your own home, which was fully paid for. It's kind of the ideal model. It wasn't always actually the reality, but that's, it's a very strong model that's in people's uh, minds. But I think... People's lives these days are much, much more complicated than that. People's ambitions have changed. They want and expect much more fulfilling lives. They've got aspirations and hopes and dreams in retirement, just like they have at any other moment in their lives. But it is much more complicated and and they have to find their own path. Wow,
0: that is complicated. That sounds complicated, (laughs) Christopher. What are some of the challenges facing today's retirees
6: Well, Shirley, there's lots of challenges. Some of them are kind of good challenges to have and some of them are more tough challenges to have. So people are living longer. So, I mean, that's obviously great. uh, But it does mean they have to make their money stretch further. They're more complex uh, lives, more difficult, different family situations. So we've seen an increase in in, um, divorce rate amongst uh, older people. Um, For some retirees, they still have maybe their own children living at home and they've got the responsibility of looking after their own even older parents and they feel under pressure from generational pressures but also from their own health and and their own care costs people might have a whole number of different pension arrangements from different employers during their during their careers they might have more housing wealth and they actually do sort of liquid savings some older people are still paying off a mortgage People have pension freedoms, which sounds great, but obviously with freedom it brings that responsibility of, of choice. Some people love that, uh, and other people find that a bit daunting. But most people sort of naturally feel like look to a company like LNG to to help them get through this.
0: What do you mean when you talk about helping people have more colourful retirement?
6: Well, look, um, the imagery around retirement can be quite bland and colourless sometimes. People talk about grey pounds or silver surfers and you often see uh, retired couples pictured as sort of walking hand in hand towards the setting sun. Um, But at Legal in General, we're much more positive and we want to be positive and ambitious for people, uh, for our customers and for society as a whole. Um, And though... While retirement can be a challenge, uh, there's also huge hopes and dreams for people and and they can really make a huge contribution uh, and get a lot of pleasure out of life. So it's not all doom and gloom. And and we we want to put our products in the context of people's real lives. Everyone's unique and everyone has their own uh, unique colour scheme in retirement.
0: Alison, what are the benefits of volunteering in retirement?
7: Chris has mentioned that sort of the old notion of retirement and that sense you put up your feet is actually not supported by latter generations of people entering retirement, but also what the research evidence tells us. Staying connected and having um, social connections, whether you do that through volunteering or you do that through the social groups that you naturally participate in, has a lot of health and well-being benefits. And there's actually some significant and hard science behind this. And that's why staying connected and volunteering is so important. So, so we know through um, an extensive body and and growing body of of research literature that staying um, socially connected is actually physically important. We know that social connections are really important for cognitive stimulation. So it's not only important for um, staying sort of physically active and getting out and about, but also sort of mental uh, stimulation. And also humans are social beings. So actually exposure to others it's almost built it up in our DNA we need others to really stay strong both physically cognitively but also for our immune system and of course I would speak about the benefits of volunteering working for the Royal Voluntary Service but you know it's not only beneficial to yourself as far as health benefits but also really beneficial to others is keeping fit and healthy important I am glad you mentioned that, Shirley, because Things like physical activity, incredibly important through the life course, but particularly important in later life. And I think when you're approaching retirement or you're in retirement, it's important to kind of visualize what you want to do. Maybe you've put off all of those things that you wanted to do, but were too busy with, with family life and work to pursue. And now you have an opportunity in, say, the next phase of your life, that could be 20, 30, sometimes 40 years, to really explore those activities or those interests that you never had time to explore before.
6: Have a dance. Uh, (laughs) My wife's a dance teacher uh, and she's got students of all ages that are having a fantastic time keeping fit and keeping healthy. People tend to take a very planful and structured approach to their kind of careers and, and work lives. And we'd, we'd like them to do a bit of the same uh, when they come to sort of approach planning for their retired lives. In particular, first step, really, to take control of your finances. You can do it. You know, people then have the confidence to live life to the full. Keeping close to your social contacts and and the networks is really, really important too. And that's why we're so keen to support the Royal Voluntary Service and to help people uh, to get out there and volunteer. Everyone has a contribution to make and we're all in this together. So reaching out to people and organisations you trust for support uh, is really important and you're not alone.
0: How important is the emotional side, do you think?
6: Oh, it's really important, Shirley. Um, you know, money is important, but most retirees tell us, what in our research, that there are three other things that are equally as important. First one is living in a home that's right for you and where you feel safe. People who are able to stay throughout their retired lives at home are healthier and happier and feel less of a burden on the NHS and others. Secondly, as we've talked about, staying healthy. And having access to the care you need uh, when you need that care. And thirdly, and most importantly maybe, staying connected to friends and family and feeling that you're making a contribution.
0: But how can people ensure they enjoy themselves as they get a little bit older? Um,
7: Just to say, I mean, ageing, while ageing is inevitable, how we age is not. And I think the perception around and the notions around ageing is very much around a trajectory of decline and i think what people don't don't realize is that we have an incredible amount of control over over how we age, much of what we attribute down to aging, um, such as disease is actually preventable through some uh, lifestyle choices, whether that 's being more physically active or or enjoying such activities as as volunteering or or things you 're really passionate about that give you that give you a sense of purpose so you know, it's never too late to make improvements that impact on your, your health and well-being. Retirement and later life is very different um, than, than previous generations. And there's so much more out there to
0: enjoy and explore. Chris, both Colin and Tracy talked about plans to use their house to help fund their retirement. How can people do this?
6: Well, Shirley, there are a few ways they can do that. Um, One thing might be to sell the house and move into rented accommodation. Um, Alternatively, people can downsize to a smaller house uh, or a purpose-built accommodation, perhaps in their area. Or you could release some of the equity in your house to free up funds. So a a lifetime mortgage is a form of equity release when you can... um, release cash to yourself um, in like a lump sum or a regular payments. You, you are effectively borrowing money from the future value of your house. Uh, but in the meantime, you get to live there and enjoy it. You can pay the interest off like you do for a credit card to keep down the cost. Um, but the important thing is you never owe more than the value of your house. So you're never passing down debts to the next generation.
0: Chris, what are the things you'd recommend that people start thinking about as they approach retirement age?
6: Look, Shirley, I think people should really try and take the time to engage with it. Um, research that we've done shows that people spend more time, believe it or not, choosing the car they're going to buy when they're retiring than they do actually planning their retirement finances. Um, so we say to people, do, do some work to bring all your pension pots and other things into one place. If, if not literally, then at least on, into paper. And try and figure out and think through what you need to spend in retirement and what you might like to spend and, and spend money on, and think about how prepared you are. If things don't pan out as as you hope, you're going to receive as you get to close to retirement lots of information, things like wake-up packs from your pension providers. Have a look at them. Go online, shop around, and take up the offers of free advice that are out there. For example, from Pension Wise, which is a government-backed uh, organisation which gives everybody coming to retirement uh, a free. Uh, consultation uh, either over the phone or or locally so lots of things people can do to prepare
0: if you're back in your 40s what should you be thinking about i think that the planning starts or should start much earlier in your life in fact i think it should be taught in schools how about that
6: yeah if people start saving early a little bit but often that obviously really helps when you get into your 40s then um some people do what they call as a kind of midlife MOT, um, and sort of taking stock of where they are. So first of all, you know, do you still have debt? Because it might be the best thing to do is, is to pay off your debt, especially if it's credit card debt or maybe even student loan debt still These these days, so sort your debt out first, um, and then yes, you really ought to be thinking about wealth and health and how long you really want to work um, and what you really want to do in retirement. So. To have that flexibility, it's better to start early than than late.
0: Alison, do you think there's middle ground for people who want to ease back on work without necessarily letting go of the safety net and social experience? Yeah, certainly. I
7: think these days employers are much more flexible around their working arrangements, whether it's working part-time or working condensed hours, um, working from home. We've all experienced that quite significantly. And I think people are diversifying their portfolio in many ways and doing a range of things, sort of that kind of job for life and, and, and one career has has changed quite substantially. And people might be doing uh, multiple things, self-employed, um, consultancy work. So I think there's much much more built-in flexibility in the labour market than there was in in previous uh, generations to allow people to maybe step away because of care or maybe explore
0: further education. Thank you, Alison. Chris, we are in strange and difficult time now with the coronavirus. Does this change how we should approach retirement or are the rules for retirement exactly the same?
6: Well, look, Shirley, these are difficult times. Uh, I think the first thing we'd say to people is don't panic, uh, don't rush. Um, Certainly don't rush to make what could be a really long-term decision uh, when in the short term you're feeling kind of stressed or pressured. The fundamental rules are are still there. Uh, The headlines are scary, um, but things might not be as bad as you think. Um, So uh, find out the facts about your situation from your provider and... Definitely a good time to talk to your financial advisor.
0: Some great tips there from Chris and Alison. Thank you. We've only just started our exploration of how you can live a more colourful retirement. So make sure you listen to our next episodes by subscribing on your podcast listening platform. Next time, I'll be meeting more amazing people who are sharing their hopes, doubts, and uncertainties for later life as we talk more about how you can best make the shift from full-time work.
6: I think if people can gradually go into retirement, that helps them to have these hobbies that are building up around them.
0: And we'll hear from the glamorous Trisha Cusden on how she's combined rewirement with her own business, as well as the brilliant Emma Byron from Legal & General. You can find out more about retirement planning at legalandgeneral.com retirement. Thanks to all our brilliant rewirees for chatting to me. In the meantime, keep it colourful.
3: I'm Shirley Ballas and I'll catch you next time.